All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in, Lord help me please, with my time. Um, he's a miracle worker, and I'm still growing in my participation in his miracles. Um, if you guys can open your Bibles and hold your, hold your place to Mark 5, 25, uh, that's not where I'm starting though. I've been doing a series called Dare to Believe, and, and I, I've been the last two weeks, and, and again today, um, the sermon title is Believing is Receiving, and I'm not done with that yet. Believing is Receiving. Everybody say, Believing is Receiving. I'm going to quickly read to you the, the text that I've been in so far, and then we're going to shift to the other one here in a few minutes. Mark 11, 22 through 24, this was right after Jesus um, spoke to the fig tree that didn't bear fruit, and he, and he said that you will no longer bear fruit. The next morning they saw that it had withered and died, and the, his disciples were amazed that it actually worked. Jesus did, he said something that actually worked. Could you believe that? <laughs> and so they were amazed by it, but Jesus responded to them, uh, Mark eleven twenty two through 24, he said, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. He didn't say, have faith in your faith. He didn't say, have faith in your, your, your faith action. Have faith in what? God. All right? Your faith is important. Your faith action is important, but that's not what you focus on focusing on God and him showing up. Amen? It's him who responds. He said, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Does it say does not doubt in his mind? No, it says not doubt in his heart, right? We talked about that. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Is he going to have whatever he says because he declared it? Well, sort of, but not exactly. It's because of God, all right? You declare it, and then you have to have faith that God is showing up in what you're doing. It's him, not your declaration. However, your declaration gives him a place to show up through. Does that make sense? All right. So he believes that those things will be done. He will have whatever he says, okay? Therefore, I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. All right, so believe, everybody say, believe that you receive. Believe that you, receive. you believe and you receive, and you got to believe that you are receiving. You can't just believe that something exists and that God may do something. He's saying you got to believe that you're actually receiving what you're believing in. All right, so you got to believe that you're receiving, and you will have them. Everybody say, you will have them. Is will present tense or future tense? It's future tense. Okay? Do, do we need to do an English lesson? Okay, you will have this. It's not right now necessarily. It's you will have it. But if you believe that you receive it, you will have it. You may see it instantaneously. But the purpose in, in me pointing this out is because sometimes people give up if they don't see the thing they're believing for right now. And God doesn't want you to give up if you don't see it yet, because the, the scripture says we walk by faith, not by sight. All right? So if you see what you're believing for now, don't stop receiving in faith. Continue pressing in, continue believing until you see it come forth. Amen? 
So that word receive is the Greek word lambano, and that means to lay hold of. It means to go after something and intentionally grab a hold of it and pull it into yourself to receive it actively, okay? It's not a passive word. It's an action word, all right? So we need to actually believe. Like Jesus is actually wanting to see people who can say, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you do what you say you do and that you will be who you said you are to me, and I'm going to believe I can receive it now. So it's kind of like you're grabbing a hold of and pulling it in, receiving, lambano. You're pulling it in. I believe it. Even if I'm not experiencing it yet, I'm believing. I'm believing. I got it. I got it. And I can declare what I believe I have even before I see the evidence that it's there. That's faith. (laughs) Can I hear an amen? Awesome. So I'm going to move on. Believing is receiving. In the church I grew up in out, out by Knightstown, Indiana, we, we had a season where we were really going after this stuff. God was moving. Awesome things were happening. <clears throat> and our faith was getting stronger. And we got to this place where we started actually believing that if we declare and speak out the things that is in God's heart and we do it by faith, we got to believe that something's going to happen from it. And so we actually got to this place where part of our prophetic partnership with the word or the prayer that was being done, we would actually start declaring, I receive that. I receive that. Like, not just a passive, oh, thanks for praying, and be on my way. No, I'm going to take a moment, and I'm going to observe this thing that you declared or you prayed for. I'm going to put my faith on that thing, and I'm going to receive it right now. I'm going to actively reach out to the Lord, grab a hold, and pull it into me. I receive by faith. Come on. Everybody say, I receive that. that. Say it again. I receive that. If God promised it, you can, you can receive it by faith, all right? I want to tell you guys a testimony. It's a little bit of an unusual one because we, we tend to think of faith and receiving things from God, and sometimes we can box it into certain things, and, but God is so much bigger than your little box and mine, amen? Way bigger than our boxes. <clears throat> when I was in BSSM as a student, not as a pastor, as a student in second year, um, I, I knew at that time that God had promised me that there's going to come a time when he's going to have me write books and, for him, for his kingdom, write books. And I, I still believe that too, okay? But I believed it then. I've, I've actually believed it for a long time. But this one year, um, they started having us dare to believe that God's going to actually call you to step into things, so into dreams that he's put in your heart. Okay, and so there is this um, class, this elective class that I um, heard was coming up at the end of the year, and it was on it was on book writing, and like I forgot what it was called, anointed for writing or something like that, and and I I knew that God wanted me to take this AMT, that's what they called that class, um, with Pam Spinosi, who's real big on writing, <clears throat> and so I did that. I took this class. It was about eight weeks long in faith, like. I, I had actually tried right around that time to start writing a book, and boy, was it horrible. I mean, I, I put every ounce of energy I had into it, and I got one page done, and I read through it, and I was like, I don't even want to read this. 
it was hard. And, and I, I, I had to just keep pressing into the Lord on it. But when this class came, um, I took it in faith. That, and, and so Pam, took, she led us in these little tiny writing activities where you just kind of try to get your creative juices flowing and stuff and gave us these exercises. And you, she'd, she would actually lead us into encounters with the Lord and then write from it. That's a novel concept. Like you, you actually put something out there that you got from an experience with God. Whoa, that's, that's crazy. No, that's actually a good idea, all right? But she'd lead us in encounters, and we did it. And then she'd have us do these writing exercises. And what she was doing was she was, she was giving us um, exercises to get creative juices flowing. So it started unlocking perspectives and, and just ways to flow with, with words and stuff. And it was really good. But getting close to the end of the class, she told us about a writer's conference that they were about to have um, so it was like a week after school was ending. They're going to have a writer's conference, and people would be coming there from all over the world who felt called to write, all right? But not just write, but like write with the anointing, okay? And Bill Johnson spoke at it. Um, they have people like, um, I can't remember the guy's name right off the top of my head that wrote the Passion Bible. What's his name? Brian Simmons. He's come to those. The guy that wrote The Shack comes to them. I think he was there that year. But all these awesome authors that have had breakthrough and stuff, they'd have them come and write, or sorry, come and teach on how to get your breakthrough and stuff. It was awesome. But she was telling us about how at the very end of the conference, they do an, a writer's anointing impartation tunnel. What? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. No. No, they, every time, they'll do, an, uh, they'll do a, like a, it's like a fire tunnel, but you go in through it believing that God's releasing impartations for an anointing to write. And she started telling us stories and testimonies of people who went through this thing, and a lot of them were like professional writers and stuff. Some of them weren't, but all these testimonies of people who went through that with faith to receive, all right? That's the key. Faith to receive. And, and after that week, they went back the next week and the next couple of weeks and they got back to their projects. And like there were so many stories of people who they knew how much they could write in a certain given time. And they got like three or four times written in the same time frame. Or, or maybe... Uh, maybe it tripled their jobs or whatever, but it, it like unlocked things to make it easy and to flow in the spirit. And it was like God's divine grace came on their human ability. Isn't that awesome? And so I, I went to that conference um, partially to experience the teachings and stuff, but also to lay hold of Lambano, the impartation that I knew was coming. And after that was over and I went through that fire tunnel and, and just was receiving by faith, I'm, I'm receiving, I'm believing that I am right now receiving as people laying their hands on me, that God's imparting to me the same grace he put on so many other people. And so after that week, it was probably within the next couple of weeks, I picked writing back up again and I was blown away. I found my voice. If, you, if you've ever tried to write, you know what that means when you say, I've found my voice. It's a big deal. And, and things unlocked, 
and things started flowing, and I had, a, I had an outline of what I thought the chapters were going to be for my book, and I started on chapter one, and I kept writing, kept writing, kept writing, and all of a sudden, I started realizing, whoa, these aren't chapters, these are books. I could write a whole book on everything I thought was supposed to be a chapter, because it unlocked that thing in me, but guess what? I believed that I received. You guys see that? I lambanoed the thing. I meant to bring my book. I, I put a book out years ago called Unconditional, Liberated by Love. And I wanted to show it to you, but I forgot to bring it. But um, that is just a testimony of God giving the breakthrough. Believing is receiving. Everybody say, believing is receiving. We're getting ready to read out of Mark 5. Um, how many of you guys have been watching The Chosen? Great show. It's a great, great show. There are a couple of things along the way that I'm like, I'd like to probably have a meeting with the dude and help him with his theology a little bit. But mostly, I'd say 95 at least percent of it is like blowing out the waters. I don't know if any better show has been put out than that show, to be honest. Anyway, I think that he, that maybe one that just came out was a story of the woman with the issue of blood. Is that correct? Well, I haven't seen that one yet, and I'm getting ready to talk to you about her. So if you've seen that show, park it over there, because I don't know if I'm going to say the same things you heard or not. All right, don't judge me by how good it is with that show. You hear me? All right, here we go. Mark 5, 25 through 34. Um, this is also in Matthew and Luke as well, but I'm going to read this one. 20, Mark 5, 25 through 34. <clears throat> now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time. And, and, and had suffered many things from many physicians. Wow. That, that intrigues me right there. Suffered many things from many physicians. I can say this. Uh, the medical industry then was nothing like it is now, and they didn't know things that science knows now, and so people tried things that maybe wasn't what they would say now was actually a good idea, all right? So that's all I can say right now on that, is that she suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. So take note there, she spent all she had. That means she exhausted all of her income to try to fix her health. So she's poor. You got that? All right. And, and she was no better, but rather she grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. All right. So in Matthew and Luke, it actually describes that she didn't just touch his, his garment. She actually went to the bottom of it and touched the hem, which is the bottom part the seam around the bottom. She, she went down on her knees to touch the hem of his garment, okay? All right, what verse did I just... All right, verse 28. First she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now that is some faith. All right, let me just say that this... There is no testimonies recorded in the Bible before this that that has even been done yet. So she was believing for a touch from Jesus that nobody else has experienced yet. All right? Her faith gave her the imaginative creativity 
to think that God might do something different for her than he's ever done for anybody else yet. That's a, that's a special kind of a faith right there. Amen? Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. That is incredible. After 12 years of suffering, and she felt it in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your, of your affliction. Come on. That's awesome. I want to break this down a little bit. First of all, this woman had a constant 12-year flow of blood, and she was ritually unclean to be in the presence of people in the public. And it, would, it actually violates the Levitical law for her to be bleeding and going around and touching anybody, okay? So she was a lawbreaker by even trying to put herself into this environment. You guys got that? Ritually unclean, illegal to be in the crowd and touch people. She risked, in this moment, in doing this, she risked public rebuke and persecution, okay? She, was, she probably actually crawled to Jesus to get to him so that she wouldn't be seen by people and so that she could grab the bottom of his garment, okay? So she was down on her knees in the dirt to get to Jesus. You guys get that picture? She, she, deal, she had to deal with shame and public disgrace for 12 years, all right? So that's, that's kind of a heart-grieving lifestyle, okay? She probably didn't even believe that Jesus would give her his attention to heal her. So that's why she had to try to sneak and do it. But she tried to grab a hold of what she knew Jesus carried by herself, thinking Jesus wouldn't probably turn to her and give it to her. You get the picture? Okay. So she was desperate. Everybody say desperate for a touch from Jesus. Desperate for Jesus. She put her reputation on the line to get a touch from Jesus. She put her ego down, and, and she, she put her dignity on the wayside so that she could encounter Jesus Christ. Come on. She needed Jesus more than anything else that she had going for her. She was willing to lay it all down to have an encounter with Jesus. Are you... Are you, are you willing to lay your dignity on the side to encounter Jesus? Amen. Is a, is a touch from Jesus risking all, okay? That's something to consider here. Her faith drove her to press in and grab a hold of the virtue that flowed from the hem of Jesus' garment, okay? 
There was no past evidence that this would even work, but she believed, I can touch Jesus, and I can get everything I need. Come on, do you believe that? If you touch Jesus, you can get everything you need. So she drew on Jesus' healing power, all right? That, that word, when, it, when Jesus said that he knew of him, in himself that power had gone out of him, another translation or place calls it virtue. He, he knew that virtue left him, and, and he, he had no idea. He just, he just knew in his spirit that something just happened. Somebody put a demand on my anointing and pulled it into them. She pulled this thing into herself by faith, Hallelujah, she lumbanoed a healing. She apprehended a power that Jesus carried because she believed if he's got it, I believe he wants me to have it and I can have it. I'm going to receive this thing by faith. Believing is receiving. Come on. I say that believing is receiving. When, when it says that he knew power had gone out of him, it's dunamis power. The, the, the miracle-working power of God that changes everything it touches. Come on. He felt, Jesus literally felt power that, he, that was on him leave him. He felt the pull. He felt somebody grabbing a hold of it and pulling it by faith. He felt the flow of dunamis power coming out of him. Come on. That is powerful. And I, I want to say that um, <clears throat> when somebody believes that they're going to be touched by God, when you pray for them, they can literally draw on the power of God that's on you. If they believe it, they can pull on something, even when you're not necessarily expecting it yourself. It's true. When you get prayer... When, when you have somebody pray for you, don't just do the empty act of it, because that's in vain. You just show up, and, you, and you're like, pray for me, and, and you're there, and you, you, you have them pray, but, but that's it, and then you go on, you hope that something happens. That's not faith, all right? But instead, when people pray for you, lay hold of the power of Jesus that's on them. So virtue can flow. Faith pulls the virtue of Jesus through his contact points on this earth. Amen. Come on, guys. All right, so you, you don't have to put your faith in the person, but you do want to honor the person as God's anointed vessel and honor the anointing that God has put on them as his child as a Christian, and then you believe that God will touch you through that person, and when you do, you can pull on the virtue of Christ through that person, and power can flow. Hallelujah. And people need to get a lot more intentional with believing that virtue will flow when they pray or receive prayer. You guys better receive this right now. Because, again, the keys of the kingdom. Because the virtue flows through faith. Dunamis power flows through faith. If you're going to pray for someone, you need to pray believing that power is going to show up through you. 
If you're getting prayer, and you need to believe power is going to show up through them, and it's going to come into your need. Come on. Yes. Amen. And, and I can usually tell when somebody wants me to pray for them, whether they're actually believing that virtue is going to flow from me or not. I can usually tell. There's varying levels of it. But I know for sure when somebody definitely has it. And I know for sure when somebody definitely doesn't have it. And the results are profoundly different, I'll tell you. Now, there's varying degrees in there. It's not always easy to detect, but usually I can tell, at least on the extremes, somebody shows up, they definitely know something's about to happen, and, and I can feel them pulling. It's like, it's like their faith actually pulls from Jesus through me. Come on. If you can get your faith in that kind of a place, we will see way more miracles than we've ever seen before. A lot of it's on you. Come on. It's true. Last week or two weeks ago, I had Chris Moore in my house, and he was getting ready to leave, and I came and I laid my hand on him just to bless him before he went, and I knew that he believed God was going to touch him. And boy, did he touch you, Chris? Yeah, he did. We both got drunk in a second, and, the, and he went into this crazy encounter. It was awesome. He had to actually pull away so he could drive. But, but there's faith. When you believe that God's going to show up through a prayer, he shows up. <laughs> and, and when you don't believe, you might be neglecting yourself from a touch of God. And this is what happened to G, the very Jesus we're talking about had that problem in Nazareth where people knew him and his family, and they didn't deem him as an anointed person, but instead like just one of them. When, when we have that attitude about people, you, you ain't probably getting nothing, guys. <laughs> but when, you can, when we can choose to see God on a person, and it's a choice, it's a belief, that you can believe that God's on this person, and he's going to show up. When I, when I receive prayer, I'm putting my faith not on the person, but I'm putting honor on the person, all right? Putting honor on the person, but I'm seeing Jesus in them, and I can pull on Jesus through them because they're a vessel. God can move. I, I've seen people who don't even believe in miracles see miracles happen because the person that let them pray for them believed. Come on. Believing is receiving. And Jesus said, who touched me? And his disciples said, oh, you're surrounded by hundreds of people. Everybody's touching you. No, no, I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean just who touched me. Who touched me? Who reached out with faith past the physical body of Jesus, the man, to lay hold of the Spirit within me who touched me. I don't mean just who got a physical contact, who laid hold of my Spirit and drew from me. And then he, because he knew, he knew something happened. 
How many of you guys want to be the kind of person who stops Jesus in his tracks on his way to another miracle because your faith put a demand on him that stopped him and he wanted to look to you and say, you've got great faith. You got to believe that he's going to come and touch you. Amen. And the woman came fearing and trembling. She was I don't, I don't know fully what was going on with her in the moment, but she told him everything. And in the book of Luke, it says that she was actually was trying to hide from him. So I think she was actually afraid and embarrassed by the situation, all right? Let's, let's take a look at the woman who had suffered. She had a long-term illness. She had bad experiences with physicians. She lost all her finances. She was filled with hopelessness. Long-term shame and rejection, the fear of man, and who knows if this impacted her ability to have a husband or not, okay, or, or children for that matter. And right now she's, fear, she's in fear and trembling. She probably, she probably had a possible a sense of unworthiness and an expectancy of rebuke for touching him illegally. Okay. She had no idea how Jesus was going to treat her, she, but she got her miracle nonetheless, right? <clears throat> how did Jesus respond? Well, he turned and he saw who it was, and he said, he said, you law-breaking woman, I rebuke you for breaking the law and touching me with your uncleanness. She probably expected that. The other religious people would have, maybe even Jesus' disciples at that point. But that's not what he said. Here's what he said. He said, he didn't say, you lawbreaker. He said, daughter. Daughter. What a term of endearment that is. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Whoa. Peace? After all that stuff? Yeah, go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. In the book of Luke, it says this. Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Whoa, that's amazing. She's the only person in the whole Bible where Jesus addressed them as daughter. Okay? He He spoke daughterhood to her, inviting her into the family. Whoa. You mean the person who was a reject by society? Oh, yeah. You're my You're my daughter. Come in. Come and be with me. Isn't that awesome? Your faith has... Oh, by the way, by the way, there's, only, there's also only one place where Jesus referenced a man as son. Okay? Son. And that was when the paralytic was brought with his friends. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Whoa. Come into my family. No more shame. Whoa. That's amazing. 
Your faith has made you well. So her, how many of you guys know that her faith didn't actually heal her? It was the virtue of Jesus that healed her, okay? It, it said that. The virtue flowed, and then she was made well. But Jesus said, your faith has, has made you well. And what that means is that faith came in contact with the dunamis, all right? So faith it opens the gateway for the divine virtue to flow where the need is. So the virtue's there, and it's trying to flow, but it needs a place to open up to let it flow into. Faith opens up to let things flow in that's already trying to get there in the first place. Do I need to bring the green chairs back in? You guys good. <laughs> Faith is the connection point between your current condition and heaven's provision. Okay? It's, it's, the, it's, where, it's between the earth reality and the heaven reality, and it brings it together. Okay? The virtue or the dunamis of Christ is trying to go out. I, this is where I need you to lay hold of faith right now for yourself. Like in this very moment, what I'm getting ready to say, the virtue of Christ is trying to go out into you. But the faith is what opens yourself up for it to flow into you. Shall I say that again? Only if you promise that you're going to do it. Right now. I want you to do it right now, all right? If you need the Lord to touch you on something, as I say this, I want you just to go there in your spirit. The virtue of Christ, the dunamis, the power of God, right, is trying, it's already trying to go out of him into you. It's already there pressing against the wall, okay? Trying to get in, but the faith is what opens yourself for it to flow into you. I need you guys to give me just a few more minutes. Today was Holy Spirit did some things, and we gave him the space. So believing is receiving. Believing is receiving. It's, it's you, you're opening yourself and allowing what's already trying to get in there to come in, and you're letting it come in by faith. You're pulling on it. You're drawing it in. He's already trying to get it there. You're opening yourself and letting flow into you right now. Whatever the thing is, let him flow right now. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. All right? Made you well. <clears throat> Could be said, has healed you. But that word made you well in the Greek is the word sozo. Sozo. And that word sozo means to be saved. It means to be restored to original design. Spirit, soul, and body. Sozo. So Jesus wasn't just trying to just only heal her body. He was trying to sozo, holistic wholeness to her. Okay? So he said, go in peace. He said, be of good cheer. All right? So this woman who had suffered for 12 years had a physical affliction. She dealt with fear and trauma from bad doctor experiences. She had poverty. She had hopelessness. She had shame and rejection and the fear of man. So she kind of was suffering on many levels of life, including 12 years worth of bleeding and all the trauma that comes with that, okay? And probably it affected her family life. 
but Jesus was releasing peace to her. Shalom, Irene, the peace of heaven to, to go into all parts of who she is to make her whole. To set her free of the bondage and the shame and the suffering that she's carried for at least 12 years. Hallelujah. And he released her into the joy of the Lord. Come on. Somebody in here needs the joy of the Lord today. <laughs> he ministered to this woman on three levels, at least, actually over three levels, but three levels, spirit, soul, body. Spirit, he took her from being an orphan to a daughter. Whoa. He's a good father. He didn't just want to heal her. He wanted to heal her heart. Filled her with acceptance, coming into the family of God. He healed her spirit. Hallelujah. He, he healed her soul because where she was suffering fear and anxiety and depression and rejection and all that, he gave her peace and joy. Hallelujah. He healed her body. He made her whole. He closed up the, the cause of the problem, and, and it was done. She's, whole, she's healthy. She's whole. So he healed, her, he healed her spirit, soul, and body in that one moment of virtue flowing and in the declaration of his love and acceptance to this woman. Come on. Jesus is not just trying to heal bodies. He's trying to heal souls and minds and hearts too. Come on. He's trying to save the lost as well. Hallelujah. He's do, he wants to do the holistic job. Come on. Yeah, and, and I have so many more things I want to say. But you have to wait for some of it because I ran out of time. Okay? I, I want to... <laughs> this Man, there's so many things I need to say. All right, you're here for another hour and a half. I'm just joking. You guys, you guys are probably bored with that joke by now. Yeah, pack a lunch next time. All right. <laughs> the, the, word, the word salvation is sozo. It's sozo. And, and it doesn't just simply mean that God wants to save you to get you to heaven when you die. He's trying to release wholeness. All levels, spirit, soul, body, relationships, finances, all the things that make life what it is. He wants to bring wholeness and restoration to all of it. Hallelujah. That's salvation. The whole. He, he wants to do the whole thing. Hallelujah. And, and in, in Ephesians 2, 8, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to close, I promise. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace... You have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. There's a lot I want to unpack on this, and maybe next week I will if I have time. But you have, by grace, you have been saved through faith. You have been saved through faith. That doesn't just mean that you became a born-again Christian. Yes, that, but so much greater than you know. Whatever you would be suffering in in your life right now, it's part of your salvation. The whole thing is sozo. Spirit, soul, body, finances, relationships, the whole thing. 
Salvation is the entire package of the kingdom coming into your midst and restoring it all. Come on. So you've been saved by grace through faith. That means that grace, which is the, the, the favor that God has bestowed on you d- despite you. Okay? Despite you, he's given it to you as a gift. The favor with God. And, and, the, and the divine, the empowerment from heaven to be able to do his will for your life. Okay? That's grace. He's given it to you freely. But how do you get it? And and you get saved through his grace. That means his grace comes and actually releases heaven into all the broken places. How do you get it? By faith. So you don't just get saved by faith. You get healed by faith. You get delivered by faith. You get provisions by faith. You get broken relationships healed by faith. Come on. You get peace by faith. You get joy by faith. You get all the promises God's given you by faith because it's part of the package of salvation. Faith lays hold. It lumbanos. It grabs a hold of God where virtue is already flowing. Virtue is already flowing. You cannot stop the virtue of God from flowing. All you can do is stop it from flowing into your life. It's already flowing, and it's going every direction. I I like to think of it kind of like the sun, all right? The sun emits light, and guess what? It only points that one direction, and it's dark everywhere else, isn't it? No. No, actually, it's not. You probably didn't know this, but the sun actually shines equally in every direction. Did you know that? You did. Okay. You did know that. The sun is the big ball of bright fire and it shoots light in every single direction all the way around and it's infinite and and it's impartial it's unconditional it's giving of itself constantly every place and the light will go all the way to eternity and it will not even stop the only thing that will keep it from reaching the destination of eternal limits is if something stands in its way and then it blocks it and there's shadow behind it. Okay? But it's impartial, but it also will not force itself. Okay? The sun will hit you. It, does, it, it wants to get on the other side, but, it, but if you stand in its way, it stops. Okay? And so if you think about this, the sun is constantly flowing. It's always giving of itself. It brings life. Okay? You, you, you have to have the sun to have life. It brings life everywhere it goes. And so the sun is trying to get itself and the goodness of it every place that it can. Okay, you guys see this? And so it actually wants to bring the blessings of life, the light, into houses, right? Into homes so that it can bring cheer and, it, and bacteria won't grow and, and it gets healthy. You got to have light for things to be good. But if you don't want light, all you got to do is close those curtains, and it won't force itself in. Okay, it won't force itself in. But it's, it's there, and it's constantly pressing, but not overriding. It wants in, but it's not violating the will of the curtain. All right? It wants to come in and bless everything inside, 
but it, but it won't violate it. But if, you, if you're inside that dark, miserable, gunky house full of bacteria, and you're like, I, I want this to change, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that window, and I'm going to start opening up all the shades. Guess what? In the split second, faster than that, light is instantaneously in there instantaneously. You didn't get the light in there. You let the light in there. The light was already trying to get in there, and you open the place for it to flow in and do its thing. That is the grace of God. (laughs) The grace of God. It's like the light of the sun. It's going everywhere, equally given, equally distributed. It's, It's offered to everything, everybody, but faith is what opens to let it come in. And that's how the power of God flows. Guess what? This is where I'm closing at. God's power is trying to get into your life right now. It's trying to land on everything that has not seen redemption yet. It's trying to, but it's not going to force itself. Faith is what grabs a hold of it. It's what opens the heart and says, you're already, I believe you're already bringing this to me, and now I'm going to let you come in. Faith allows him to do what he's already trying to do in the first place. Come on, guys. You guys. If you don't get what I'm trying to say, God is trying to bless you right now. He's trying to bless you right now. He's trying to heal you right now. He's trying to deliver you right now. He's trying to get promises into your life right now. He's trying to bring breakthrough right now. Will you believe? You got a lumbano. You got you to be like that woman who reached out and she's like, I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. I don't even care if I'm going to get in trouble for this. All I know is I need Jesus and I've got to get to him right now. I'm going to push my way through and I'm going to grab a hold of the hem of his garment and I'm going to believe the miracle's coming now. <laughs> be like that woman. All right, so why don't you guys stand? I'm going to pray for you. And we're getting ready to have a ministry team come up here to pray for anybody who wants a breakthrough. I'm going to be watching to see if anybody wants to put this into practice. To where you can come up and have somebody pray for you. And you will believe that God's going to come and touch you with his virtue. Amen. So, Lord, I, I pray for all of us right now. I ask you to stir our hearts. I ask you to show us, Lord, what faith is. And, and help us to see, Lord, your promise and that it's actually trying to get to us. And I pray that you'll stir faith and expectancy in our people right now in Jesus' name. And I ask you to flow with virtue right to where the problems are that people are believing for in the name of Jesus. Can you guys put your hand on the shoulder of somebody next to you? Whatever that thing is that you need God to touch, I want you to believe right now that God will send his virtue to you through the touch of somebody's hand. Just believe. Lambano, the touch of God, right where you need it. Just believe that virtue is flowing. Believe that breakthrough comes right now. Yeah, while you're doing this, I want you to just declare with me. I believe. Say it again. I believe. I receive. Let the virtue flow flow 
into me right now. I believe I get my breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, guys, bless you. Have a great day. Keep building your faith and keep pulling on God. And you have a great day, and we'll have a ministry team up here in the front.